On this episode of the All Windbags, we look at the Raiders' biggest draft needs, Soto's favorite mock draft. The two things that have us concerned about Josh Jacobs is Hendon Hooker really third on the Raiders' draft board. Antonio Brown embarrasses himself again. And why exactly does Aiden O'Connell look exactly like Landfill? And we love you. Subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, exactly one week away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And a monster one it is for us Las Vegas Raiders. So we're going to do a whole bunch of draft stuff this uh, this show. Um, we'll do some more draft stuff, obviously, leading up. But we want to make sure that we get like a lot of time for you guys to kind of digest our stuff so we'll do a lot of draft stuff this time a little different draft stuff next time less like stuff to ruminate because the draft will be right there um the draft will be in kansas city did you did you watch um the ufc this last weekend in kansas city i did not so this is how backwards that dumbass city is they built another t-mobile center not the one in vegas there's a t-mobile center in kansas city Mm. beautiful venue because they thought they'd attract a hockey or NBA team. They didn't. It's just an empty venue just sitting there with nothing in it. No no pro teams. They get like NAIA like basketball in there sometimes and shit. Like your uh, like your like your beer league, rec league basketball team could like rent it out for like 45 bucks. What are they going to realize? They're in mi- misery. Yeah. In Missouri. Like nobody wants to go there. Did you watch the last fight of the prelims, Bill Aljo versus TJ Brown? No, I didn't. Okay. It was a good fight. Bill Aljo looked great. Got a second round. We're going to make a joke. But the reason why it was great is TJ Brown trains in Missouri. I think he's from like Florida or something, but he's like kind of adopted himself as the Missouri guy. And so Bill Aljo is from Philly and he's getting booed, right? He's fighting the local boy, right? Aljo chokes him out, gets on the mic afterwards. And before that, two fighters had retired. Zach Cummings and Ed Herman fought each other, and they both retired. Normally, it's like a guy loses, and he, one guy retires. They both retired from fighting, like two longtime veterans in the UFC. Bill Algio gets on the mic, and he says, because he's been booed the entire week, right? All fight long. And you'll never see my ass retiring in a dump like Kansas City. This place sucks. You're walking around in your Crocs. This place is a fucking dump. He's a Philly boy, right? Like, he's just going to take that shit. Like, all right, new favorite fighter, yeah. Bill Algeo, featherweight, UFC. He's got taste. It was great. It was That should be his bit. Like, they should have him go, like, wherever city the the, uh, the UFC's in, they should have him fight whoever the local guy is and just, like, just shit on him on the mic afterwards. It's like the reverse John Cena. When, yeah. when, he, first, when he first started out, he would wear his, his, his trunks and tights mm-hmm. would be, like, the color of like the local sports team. So we have all the different colors and shit. I remember the, when the UFC would go into different venues and, or, uh, and tap out was still a big sponsor on the canvas. Uh-huh. They would put it whatever colors the venue was. So when they went to the Staples center, they do purple and gold for 
the Lakers, you know, and they'd go in Chicago, they'd be like the Blackhawks colors or whatever, right? It's like, oh, that's kind of clever. But they, 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 they never they never did the hockey colors, bro. If, if it, it was, was a basketball a, team, it was a basketball team. If it was a hockey-only venue, they would. Or if it was, you know, uh, the team's better. Uh, but that's because you're an L.A. guy, right? Where, like, the Lakers reign supreme. Like, there's some no, big I'm, I'm a sports guy, and, and what, hockey's, like, the sixth? And nationally, no, it's it's four. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Yeah, no, you got college football. College basketball is more more popular. I would put I would put college basketball below hockey. College basketball is popular for one month. Yeah, it's a one, it's a hell of a month. It's a big month. It's a big month. Okay, I'll give you five. Okay. Then UFC's like I put UFC after hockey. I mean, I'd say six. Dude, not to make this a UFC podcast, but like they did over a two million dollar gate in Kansas City. Like for a fight night. For just a regular Dude, because nothing happens there. But, they, they but they're, they're doing it everywhere. They do like 18 million in London. They did uh, in Miami, they did like 15 million. Like these are like Rolling Stone numbers. Like if the Rolling Stones came to your city and charging $400, like it's 350 bucks for a nosebleed, that's what they're pulling. It's gross. They're freaking spent like $4 billion for the company, man. They got to make that money back somehow. And the demand's there. I think it's just like perfect. Like when after the pandemic, people are still like kind of starved for it. And they know like what markets to go and where. Anyway, more importantly, the question of the day, we'll have it pinned down in the comment section. Let us know. Type away. Tappy tap. Are you a good typer? Are you a hunting pet guy? Are you no, a I'm pretty good typer, guy? yeah. Yeah. I, I type so fast, like 45, you know, 40, 45 words. Because, you know, he's magazine writer, TV writer. But I only do it with these six fingers, thumb, index, middle. I don't do it properly, but I just fly just like this. I'm like a velociraptor typing. However, you're you like, you're like the, the lobster boy. What is, yeah. what is it? The lobster boy. If the lobster boy can like, you know, crank out a, you know, 10 magazine articles a month. However you choose to type, what is the Raiders biggest need heading into the draft? Lord knows there's plenty. Very curious what y'all think. And I'm I'm leaving that open ended for that reason. When you say biggest need, it's like, well, you know, quarterback is such an important position. Maybe you say number one, even though we have Jimmy G and he's you know capable quarterback, right? Could certainly do better, but it's such an important position. Maybe you need him, or maybe you say tight end because it's such a tight end rich draft, and we've had such good tight ends. Whatever, right? However you feel, biggest need means to you. Because I'm very curious what you think for one. And two, I know what it means to me. So here are my rankings of the 14 positions on an NFL football team. Ranking of need position-wise. And here they are. I'll rip through it, and then we'll discuss amongst ourselves. Number 14, kicker. Daniel Carlson, best kicker in football. Shove it, Justin Tucker. Uh, 13, punter, A.J. Cole. Two-time pro baller, boots it, game change. He's got the power, and he can put it inside the five consistently. Um, best kicking duo in football. No need to move there. Uh, 12 wide receiver. You have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Jacoby Myers as your three main pass catchers. You're in damn good shape. The only the only problem is depth. There isn't really, like, the, like 
the rest of the room is mostly like undrafted practice squad dudes that are there to fit a very specific role. Like, okay, you're speedster. Okay. You're six, five. If, if one of our guys, God forbid, knock on wood goes down, there's not really one guy that's like, okay, you can play this role. Just not as well. Yeah. That, that, that's, we're one injury away and it doesn't have to be Devonte Adams, but we're one injury away from having a pretty below average, uh, wide receiver room. Cause then you have like Dorsett, Cole, Sims, like those guys are just 30 year olds that are kind of whatever, a bunch of undrafted dudes, expensive guys that are that, you know, if a, a undrafted rookie comes in here and, and plays semi good, that he's going to take all their snaps. Yeah. So uh, that, num- number 11, Running back one, we've got arguably the best running back in football coming back. Hopefully, hopefully not. No, hopefully it's not a tag in a in a trade, or maybe it is. We'll see. Um, and also, does any team need more than six running backs? We have five running backs and a fullback. I don't think any team's more than that. The only issue here is no other running backs really played any meaningful roles. Like some guys were signed and did squat. Some guys were drafted, sit on the team, never saw any any touches. Right. Now, is that just because Josh Jacobs was amazing and it's just we're just feeding him? Or is it because none of those guys earned it in practice and didn't have faith? Time will tell. Uh, number 10, offensive tackle. Colt Miller's a rock. You want a rock and left tackle. Uh, Illuminor at right tackles. I feel like it's his job to lose, more or less. Um, the two best positions of generally a, the worst unit of, on offense is the tackles. Uh, center Andre James solid for now. He'll be our guy. Um, but we need depth. Don't have a lot of depth there. Number eight guard. Alex bars was our weak link at guard last season. Um, and Parham Parnham is likely headed to center at some point. That's still kind of the goal. And again, there's, there's no great players on that line really outside of Colton Miller. It's just, when they improved, it's because they improved as a unit, not just really as guys. And so you always want to make sure you're adding depth there. Uh, number seven, defensive end. And that's with Max Crosby as, a, as one of the best players in football and the, ble- the best defender on our team. Um, Chandler Jones is staying for at least one more season, maybe two because of how his contract's built. And Malcolm Kuntz not really developing as we'd hoped. Um, flashes here and there. And defensive ends really, really important. So even even with like a, a huge chunk of our defensive cap space on defensive end, we still need help at defensive end. Great. Yeah. Uh, number six, tight end. What was arguably our best room for a couple seasons? Now one of our worst offensive rooms. Uh, Austin Hooper, OJ Howard are cheap one year deals. Just plug and fit them in. Like if they. If they play like they playing recently, they're going to be terrible. If there's a chance that they can flash what they've been able to do, then we might be, you know, all right. Um, the only reason this isn't higher on the list is because the rest of our still our skill position players can kind of tight end isn't as crucial for us as it is other teams because our running backs and wide receivers are so good. Uh, back to uh, defense safety. Merrick regressed in his second year. He showed so much promise uh, his rookie year. And he's basically the only thing close to like a real starter. Like he's the only guy that would start on a decent defense um, because our defense is so bad guys start. Uh, Number four quarterback, even though we've got Jimmy G, I mean, he's basically, let's be honest. He's a placeholder. Um, Probably here two years on the contract, maybe one year. If whoever we get is fantastic, we'll bite that dead cat money. 
in number two. And uh, he always gets hurt, right? He's played one full season. Um, and also just comes kind of comes down to if you don't have a franchise quarterback, you are looking for a franchise quarterback. It's the most position, most important position in sports. Even with Jimmy G, it's still number four, most important need. Uh, number three in the core of the defense, linebacker, Spillane and Masterson, cast off backups while Divine Diablo, again, he's shown flashes but hasn't developed as much as we'd hoped. Uh, number two, defensive tackle was atrocious for us this season. Andrew Billings was by far the best defensive tackle. And even then, Mick Ziegler's like, you can bounce. We're not, we're not even going to pay you a million dollars. Like, you can go. Uh, Neil Farrell, Matthew Butler drafted, but they couldn't get really any meaningful playing time on a terrible D-line. Like, if it was a really good D-line, you draft those guys later in the draft. You're like, oh, let them develop. But they couldn't get, even get on the field with them playing this terrible. And number one, cornerback, Nate Hobbs. Again, another guy, another uh, second-year player. Looked great in his rookie year. Thought, oh, this is the man. Regressed a little bit this season. He should be in the slot anyway. That's where he does his best work. The only reason he's on the outside is because we desperately need corners. We literally need two starting corners. Like we, 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 we need two starting outside cornerbacks. We have some, we have some decent depth, which you need for DBs, but we we're literally short two starters. At corner. Yeah, That's mean, our list. 14 to one. It's a shame that Nate Hobbs got hurt when he did. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of derailed his season. Uh, I still have hopes for him to get much better this year. As far as defensive tackle goes, I mean, these are fourth round and beyond guys. Mm -hmm. You don't, I mean, you would love it, but normally you don't find starters in the fourth round afterwards. Like for the first three rounds, you should get starters. The next few rounds, those are guys that are, you know, play, develop. Um, normally the tackles don't pop their first season unless they're special player. Hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, make that big second year jump. Um, I think I think Spillane is a little bit better than you give him credit for. When he finally got to s see the field after Bush got hurt, he actually played pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Merrick, when, when he was asked to do what normal safeties do in the NFL, he couldn't do it. So mm -hmm. he's he's the center fielder. He's the center fielder that plays on the warning track. That's mm -hmm. who that's who Merrick is. And don't really ask him to to. to to catch any interceptions, don't ask him to really cover anybody one on one. He's a deep center field guy. That's really what he does. Prevent the big play. Yeah, that's, that's what that's Gus what Bradley wanted him to do. do. That's what he did. That's that's not what the majority of the NFL does defensively, mm -hmm. uh, because of the tight ends, because of the bigger wide receivers. Your your safety has to be able to cover, uh, and he unfortunately he's he's not that guy. So hopefully he can, he can develop and get better. If not, it's it's a waste of a second round pick. Uh, yeah, Koontz is Koontz is, uh, is is a bummer. Um, he just hasn't been able to see the field too much. He's not good at really at all against against the run, um, and he he doesn't he doesn't have that presence uh, to you know if when he's on the field you still you can still double team Max Crosby and not have to worry about it. You know all those great all those coolly named second guys like that that draft class two seasons ago with the sweet names Divine Diablo Malcolm Coons Trevon Merrick they're all taking dumps. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Diablo got hurt. He was playing well until he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that that that's Hobbs and Diablo. They 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 got injured last year, which it's a shame because we didn't see what they can do and how they can develop. 
uh, you know, Nick Hobbs came back and we never really was the same after he came back. Yeah. For sure, Bars is – I don't know why we resigned this dude. He was just getting used left and right. Uh, Illuminor, I'm not as high on Illuminor as a lot of people are. Oh, he was this rated this, you know, for from this point on. Like, okay, well, he still had a ton of penalties, and uh, he still gave up a lot of pressures. And yeah, you know, I didn't say he was. I didn't say he was good. I said it's his job to lose. No, and that's I'm not why I said that. A lot, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, if from week 12 on he was, you know, this rated player in the end, like get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. They'll quit picking and choosing that shit. But yeah, I mean, it's a decent list. The wide receiver, I think, is actually a little bit more of a need than we than we think because of the league being so pass heavy. You, you don't have these guys on the field every single play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think it also helps out too that you know Josh McDaniels likes a lot of running backs, likes a lot of tight ends too. So like, I think on a lot of teams, you have you know you've got four wide receivers out there, you know, half the snaps, not so much, you know, especially if this, if this team's going to be about Josh Jacobs, right? Like you've, you know, it's, let's keep Jimmy G from getting hurt. Let's use this, our $10 million running back. Our O-line is much better at run blocking than pass blocking. You know, I think, I, I didn't even realize it until I started making this list. And I'm like, all right, who's behind us at wide receivers? Like, ugh, that's pretty, yeah, ugly. Like, depth, guys, depth is yeah. a major issue. So that's why like, I think we're going to see a lot of like 21 sets, you know, like could again with, uh, you know, the Hooper and, and Howard, they can still block better. I think than they're, than they are better blockers and pass catchers kind of at this point in their careers. So that that's why I went wide receivers so low. I think we're going to use them less than a lot of teams do. And our top three are maybe arguably the top three in football, something like that. One of the, yeah, you can, you can say that. And what else? Would, and, and who else? Like, is there another? Is there a better? Is there a unit better than wide receiver on our team, or a unit with more needs? Running back, oh, yeah, there's just too many question marks because none of those guys yeah. played. It was just all Josh Jacobs and Jacobs and Jacobs, the law offices of Jacobs and Jacobson. Like that's all it yeah. was all season, pretty much. So they're all question marks to me. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's you know anything. So other so other than wide receiver, what do you think of the list? Is this right? No, it's 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 close. I mean, it's, it's, I could see defensive tackle one. You, you, you can make you can make a an argument. I I, I understand the logic in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Do I have to agree a hundred percent? No, but I can understand why you put them the way you put them. I also like how deep our this corner class is. So it's kind of, that worked out kind of nice. It's our biggest need, and it's a nice cornerback class. Yeah, I mean, you can get a couple corners. The thing is, it's like you, you can't go out there. And draft four corners and expect all four of them to start. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I think what we do a lot is we we overvalue guys coming in from college because they're playing against college players, and some of these pros are still better than them. Now, it doesn't mean that their ceiling is higher than the guys coming in, but as of right this second, yeah. Because I've, I've seen a lot of mock drafts where like people, are, yeah, let's let's draft five corners. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! How many guys are going to play? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. Yeah, man, but th- definitely, I I think you're right at the top corner, defensive tackle, linebacker are the top three for me too. Like quarterback at four. Um, just because it's a, such a such a um an important position. Yeah. Um, if Jimmy G plays well and he can, and he can stay healthy, I can definitely see him playing more than two years here. Uh, do I expect it to happen? Probably not. I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, even if we do 
get our quarterback that we're let's say we don't trade up and get like you know which we're both hoping for right we're not getting you know a stroud or something we're getting a, a hooker or something like that right mm-hmm. um i think that's still kind of the goal for how much like for how his contract is structured they can move off from jimmy g after one season they'll take a little bit of a bullet i think they're kind of like let's keep him for two Let's yeah, give him well, it's give more him of a two. shotgun. It's, it's, yeah. it's a healthy. I mean, we're already getting rid of all the dead cap next year. We don't yeah. want to start right back adding more, you know, not if we don't have to. And, and, and you're right. We, we want to get a quarterback in there and we want that quarterback to force us to move on from Jimmy G because he's better. That's what we want. So there it is from one to 14. <laughs> Cornerback number one, linebacker, defensive tackle, quarterback, safety, tight end, defensive end, guard, center tackle, running back, wide receiver, punter, kicker. From first to 14th, biggest need. We do, I, I feel like we also don't appreciate um, how we never have to worry about our kicking game. Like, there's so many teams that, like, they've just lost seasons, lost playoff games, blown Three, four games, kickers, you know, just like constantly rifling through kickers. It's just like, Oh, like that nightmare, that headache where you're just like, you've gotten everything right. Right. Like you've built the right team, like all the like key components. You're like, Oh yeah, wait, this one little random part of the game. It's like a third of the game, right? Special teams is, you know, it's a big chunk. It's a big chunk of the game. You never have to worry. About that. Yeah. You don't think about it until you get the Cowboys kicker out there, just missing everything. And then you're like, holy shit, what do we do? Um, how many mock drafts have you read, listened to, or seen in the last Fuck. month and a half? Over 50. Easily, right? Well, well over 50, yeah. I mean, you've done like 10. <laughs> just you just you doing it on your own. Yeah, I just I I I've i done I'd probably do one. I've been doing like maybe one or two a week just to see. Uh, I've done some just by myself. I've, I've joined rooms where people are doing mocks and um, just to kind of see where things fall. Again, none of it means anything because none of us are GMs or, you know. I'm glad out. you like it because to me, it seems like a Magic the Gathering preseason game. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just so like not real, not part of anything you're just kind of pretending to do the same motions you know what i mean it's like fantasy football but magic the gathering in a preseason it's like no so i'm glad i'm glad you like the process and you get something out of it because i don't i can't look i look at it differently than most people i don't look at it the the specific player that we're getting maybe the first couple of rounds okay yeah you target these specific players but after that it's more so what's the vibe going like how 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 are a lot of these players looked? And uh, then it, it gives me the opportunity to look at different players and scout different guys and stuff like that. Uh, but more so like the log, can you find the logic behind some of these picks? I, I can see the value in trends, right? Um, you know, maybe GMs are like, you know, really valuing corners, right? And the corners are going off the board really fast because maybe they don't think the latter ones are going to be there or something like that. Or, um, you know, things like that. I think there's there's some value there. Um, but again, it's just such a, a complicated process where guaranteed these, some of these draft gurus, like they're being told by GM say like, act like put in that we're going to do this because we want to throw, there's just misinformation everywhere. Right. Yeah. That's what I was saying. As it should be. Yeah. As it should be like you're, if you're GM, you're not doing your job. 
if you're not throwing off the other 31 teams drafting, right? Sure. If you're not trying to keep things going, right? With that said, what can we expect next Thursday in Kansas City in the first round and beyond into the weekend? There are still generally more or less an agreed upon path. There's always someone, some wacky pick. There's always stuff that comes out of nowhere. It's mm-hmm. normally John Gruden doing it, right? Jesus He's not here. Christ. Bro, but, can we talk about that real quick before we go on? Okay. We've been, look, when we have as many first round busts as we had the last four years, five years or so, four years, that puts you, that puts your franchise back so far. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we would have hit on half. Now, by hit, I mean they're productive players on your team. They don't have to be, like, superstar players. Like, out of the last four years, how many of those first-round picks are on our team? One, Josh Jacobs. That's it. Everyone else is gone. Colton Miller was four. Was he four or five? He was, he was an 18. This was five years ago. Five years. Okay. So, 19, yeah. 20, 21, and 22 draft. So, I mean, if we hit on half of those guys, those are positions like – uh we don't have to worry about man. Yeah. Uh, and, and these guys are okay. Maybe he's not a superstar, but he's a starter, a solid guy. You know, it's, it's not always going to be level on a, on a cheap rookie deal. Exactly. Which is, like, which is that's the big exponentially thing. makes him better. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's like, it, like the, the Leatherwood and Christian Derrissaw. Christian Derrissaw is like a second team, all pro offensive tackle mm-hmm. to Leatherwood, who we did pl- uh, pick who was absolutely terrible and gone after one year and we're eating a dead cap hit. So they still cost, they would have cost us the same, but it's a bookend. Can we, can we just acknowledge again that a first round draft pick couldn't even make it to year two? Like that never, the biggest draft busts in history are still playing football in year two. Jamarcus Russell. Play. He's playing, but he's not starting. I don't think he started. He spot starting here, there, but he, he was cut game. with no draft. Like gone from the. I'm, I'm saying gone from the team. Like yeah, yeah, gone from the team, and not because he, you know he hits a you know legal issue injury steroid yeah, yeah. right. Just like literally could not play football. Cut. We're gonna, we'd rather eat the dead cap. That never happens. The, like you the, talk, the, people talk draft bust. Like oh, he was so hyped. And fell through. Like, that's a draft bust. He was so hyped, got a bunch of money, like, before the rookie salary cap thing happened, fell through. You know, Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell. This is a different level of draft bust. It's like, well, dude, we would look, rather look. eat the dead cap of a first, of a, of a guy on a rookie deal than have him play football for us after one season. That never, ever happens. And, and, and that was a, like a poison pill combo. The fact that Leatherwood was so bad. And he re- he was basically saying, I'm not going to play guard. Any- I'm not going to play guard. I'm going to play tackle. And we're like, dude, you can't play tackle because you're not good enough to play tackle. Well, I want to play tackle. I'm not going to play guard. Okay, fuck you. You're gone. You played neither. Yeah, you played neither. <laughs> Even when you us. were playing. But look, I neither. mean, you have that. You have like, I mean, take away the rug stuff that that happened to him, the, the bullshit that he did. But, I mean, you have guys like like, you know, Jefferson, you have like T. Higgins, you know, you have guys that were better than him that were taken after him, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's like it's not it's not like 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 Farrell was a bad player or Arnett was a bad player in college or 
or even Abram for that matter, but we reach so hard for these picks. Yeah. And it puts you back so 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 much. That's why it's it's extremely important to you don't have I mean it's it's impossible. It's so hard. Drafting is so hard, right? But you, you gotta hit on, you know, more than half of your picks, especially early in the draft. They, really the only thing you can do, and again, like I'm I'm I've been preaching this forever. I think drafting, like you said, it's it's such a crapshoot. It's you know, we talk about all oh, these GMs. This GM's a great drafter. It's like, no, he had a good, you know. Reggie McKenzie had an amazing draft and then just fucking garbage after that, right? Like a lot of guys will hit on a draft and then fall apart. No one, no GM. You find me one GM who consistently hits in the draft, like far above average. Doesn't happen. The only no guys that do is Eagles. <laughs> short, short term, right? We'll see. We'll see moving forward. And also, it's such a good, like, well-run organization that you get, like, the best out of guys, too. I think that's also part of it. Like, Well, the thing is, too, it's like it, what, what, what I'm looking for when I say stuff like look at the guys from the Eagles, look at the guys from the Niners, is, is they don't pick guys for things that they haven't done. Mm-hmm. They pick guys that are good at what they do, and they put them in that position. You know, they're, they're not going to grab guys that are, like, awesome doing one thing and not ask him to do it you know drafts are drafting the nfl is like being the dude in a porno just don't fuck it up you can fuck you can't make it better really but you can definitely fuck it up right and that's what this franchise has been doing for too long specifically under gruden and mayock it's been the reaches like you're right like we're not going to know exactly who's going to go one two three four and five but we know who should. We know a lot of people who shouldn't, right? Like we don't know who the top ten is going to be, but okay. we know who's trending to be in a second round and shouldn't go in the top ten. That's <laughs> that's really the only value. Not oh, I know Stroud's going to go two. It's all right. This tackle from Michigan, no one's looking at him after round two. Don't reach and pick him at the end of round one. That that's really the only reason to keep your your ear to the grindstone is just like what's the general more or less consensus yeah, on what like, half of what round this guy's going for a reason, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you picked, you picked Farrell like 15 spots too soon. You mm-hmm. picked Arnett maybe a round and a half too soon. You picked mm-hmm. Abrams in the first round when he would have been there in the second or second round. It's like you, you, all this stuff. It's just, it compounds because yeah, if you're going to take a big swing and go against it, go against the grain, fine, go ahead and do it, but you better be right. Or you better be right more often than you're wrong. And they and our last regime just wasn't right. And we'll find out how um, Ziegler's first, you know, very first draft as a GM last season, how it's going to pan out as time goes on. But we can definitely say he didn't royally fuck up a pick. There wasn't just like a giant reach, a terrible pick, nothing like that, right? It helps when you don't have a first and first or second rounder to, to really screw up too. But um, well, you know, he got a starter in the third round. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. He's like, and he, and he was one of the best offensive linemen and rookies in the league. So you get you get a third, you know, you get a third rounder, and you get a guy that really contributed, right? Um, on a unit that's need, needs contributors. It's like, okay, okay, okay good. The re- again, the rest of it will find out how well it does, right? It takes time mm-hmm. to to. Figure. It's like um, it's like a UFC fighter's record. Sometimes it gets better with age, right? Like Conor McGregor, wow, he beat Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier forever ago. That was those wins look really good. And then you've got like Colby Covington who like his, every single guy he's beats like retired now and like done, you know? So like that, it, 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 you know, drafts, draft teams age poorly or well as, as time goes on. 
Um, but we can definitely say there was no terrible swings and misses, no giant reaches out of this first time. And that's good because we got a lot of, a lot of draft picks coming up. Um, yeah. So I asked you of the 50 or so uh, mock drafts you've seen, which one's your favorite? And you chose this one. I think it's a uh, Bulger, Dane Bulger from the athletic. Bulger, yeah. Bulger, yeah. Um, his, his most recent draft from the athletic. Uh, and this is who we got. Devin Witherspoon, corner, Illinois. Second round, Trenton Simpson, linebacker, Clemson. Third round, Sam Laporta, tight end, Iowa. Third round, Colby Wooden, defensive tackle, Auburn. Fourth round, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback, Purdue. Uh, three fifth rounders, A.T. Perry, wide receiver, Wake Forest. Jordan Battle, safety, Alabama. John Gaines, the second guard slash center, UCLA. A couple six rounders, Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle, Michigan. Chris Rodriguez, junior running back, Kentucky. Pair set seventh rounders, uh, Neste Jed Silvery, uh, Silvera, defensive tackle, Arizona State, and our final guy, Mecky Blackman. Mackay. USC. Mackay Blackman. You know you're going to get, I know you like that last Trojan just squeaking in there. Um, I knew you liked this one because you got another ta- another uh, lineman from UCLA. You want you want three UCLA linemen on our, on our offensive line. I like where your head's at, Soto. So why do you like this one? Why is this your why? And it's, and it's your favorite, not because of um, who it's from or how it came about. You're just like, I, I like this squad. Like these are if these are the guys we pick, you're happy. Oh yeah. The first thing I looked at is the okay. Who do we get in the first three rounds? Who are the the best hundred players in this draft? Right. Mm-hmm. What do we get in that in that range? And they all filled needs. Mm-hmm. Devin Witherspoon is. You know, you'd say one or two best corners in in, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, just his 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 ability, his tenacity. Uh, he plays good tight man coverage, which is what we we play a lot. Um, you look at Trenton Simpson; he's a physical freak. He's he, I think he ran the forty faster than Witherspoon. He's like thirty pounds heavier. Nice. And he's like, uh, I think he's like a four four three, and Witherspoon was like a four four nine or something like that. And uh, yeah, run down those tight ends in the AFC West. And he he needs a little bit of tight tightening up in coverage because he's he's naturally very aggressive, mm-hmm. but definitely a guy you could plug right in there and he'll play right away. Um, Samuel Porta basically is a big wide receiver, but plays tight end in in, in the NFC. I mean, excuse me, in the AFC West. You know, Kelsey's not a fucking blocker, dude. Like he, he's, he's, you know, the 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 tight ends in in in, in the AFC. These guys catch passes, and Laporta's that. He can get better as he gets older. He's a big kid, about 6'3", 250, something like that. But he runs routes. You know, he's. I think he was like one of the fastest or, or the fastest tight end of the three-cone drill. So change of direction, getting separation is not a problem for him. Good hands. He gets up high points the ball. Colby Wooden, he's a little bit undersized for D-tackle, kind of a tweener guy. But pass rush at defensive tackle, he can definitely do it. Um, stronger than he looks. Nice, nice long arms. Uh, you know, but those, those that's what I focused on first. Yeah. The guys that are supposed to start, who did we get and what holes do they fill? And just so happens that we fill like what four of the top five in, in your in your list. Yep. Right there. Uh, and, yeah. And, and and this is again, this is a nice, nice draft in the sense that like where there's a lot of strength is where our needs are corner, linebacker, tight end, you know, even quarterback, right? Like there's a lot of depth yeah. at quarterback. Uh, so a couple things, um, like you mentioned, 
two defensive tackles, two corners drafted, um, and then basically one of every position. Like I think we drafted every single position in football. Corner, linebacker, tight end, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, quarterback, wide receiver, running, even a running back, like every single position, which we need help at basically every single position, which is nice. Um, on this specific draft, Jalen Carter and Will Levis were on the board at seven, and they went with Witherspoon. Would you still do that if if this draft happened and you had number seven? Carter and Levis are still available. Are you going Witherspoon at seven? No, I'd go Carter. Me too. Here, here's, here's what I would do. If if one of the top my, – my order is this. One of the top two quarterbacks, one or two, one or the other, mm -hmm. right, Young or, or, or Stroud, if they're gone, then you go in this order defensively. You go uh, Carter, Anderson, Witherspoon. Yep. If those guys are gone by the time you pick, try like hell to trade back. If not, get the best defensive player available. Yeah, I think they had uh... – I think Carter went like 12 in this draft, which mm -hmm. is ironic because that's what I pitched originally was let's trade down from seven to like 11, 12, get some more picks and try to get Carter there. Cause you dropped so much. It's like, again, I know it's a million things have to happen for that, for that to happen. I was like, fuck, I might've put it out there. Like I might've like subconsciously used my brain and got us to go back and still get the best defensive player in this draft. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, if we get Carter at seven, we can get, a a corner at 100 mm -hmm. that is that it's he's better a, he's a better corner than Wooden is a defensive tackle because for sure Carter would be a better defensive tackle than Witherspoon would be a corner. Um, and you like Witherspoon over Gonzalez? Yeah, as the first corner off as a. I think Gonzalez went off the board first in this draft, and yeah, that's why he went Witherspoon, but. You would do you would you would rather take Witherspoon over Gonzalez? Yeah, I, I would rather yeah. take him. I think he's a better player. I mean, he doesn't have quite the he's not like the athletic freak like Gonzalez is, but I think Witherspoon's just a better player. Um, also in this sp specific draft, our number two pick was number 38, Trent Simpson. You went with the linebacker from Clemson. In this draft, Hendon Hooker went 37 mm -hmm. to the Seahawks right before us, right? Because they had the, the Broncos pick. Mm -hmm. Um if he's there, if Hendon Hooker's at 38, are you going Hooker? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then everything else is drop back one. Because, yeah. look, I like I like a guy out of Cincinnati at tight end. So we can get a linebacker at 70 and then get, you know, push everything up one and, and get this guy, uh, his name's Wiley, out of Cincinnati. Super tall kid. It's like 6'6", six, six, uh, runs good routes. Really long arms, you know, nice, 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 soft hands. He can block a little bit, but you need to get better at blocking. But we can get him probably in the sixth round. So um, there's there's some sleeper guys late late in the draft uh, that we can, we can look to if we let's let's say get a guy. Let's say we we get like you said we get um, Hooker at thirty eight. We could just push everything back one, get a linebacker at seventy, you know, and 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 you know figure that out from there, but. I didn't look at the at the actual player as much after the first round. I looked at the position. Like, yeah, I I would I would go linebacker at best linebacker available at thirty eight if Hooker's not there. I would go best tight end available at seventy. You know for sure. That's that's definitely an area you want to get guys like that. Uh, there's no, I guess there's no specific pick that I'm upset with, but I have one. We got 
we got, well, at least on the top, we have three offensive players in the first six picks, which I was like, dude, our defense is so bad. We just got to throw bodies out there. That's so was like trade down defense, defense, defense. That's, and again, I don't hate Aiden O'Connell at, at four. You know, I, I, I don't, I hate Sam Laporta at three, you know, the third pick, like I don't hate a specific pick. I was just like, Hmm, those are some assets that, okay, we need depth there. We need guys there, but our defense is so bad. It's just like, like you said, there's no guarantee Witherspoon's going to pan out. There's no guarantee Simpson's going to pan out. There's no guarantee Wooden's going to pan out. Like multiple guys to give us that luxury if these higher, you know, if these dudes don't pan out. So again, I, I want, it's hard for me to knock on it because I can't say that one specific pick change it. It just feels not what I expected prior. Well, look at it from this perspective. You're not really expecting anyone from the fourth round pick back to start. Mm-hmm. So the guys that you pick in the areas that you want to get starters from are all positions of need. Mm-hmm. The other guys that you're getting are just depth guys anyway. You need depth everywhere. So you're just getting the best guy that's there. Dude, A.T. Perry is like 6'4". He's got like an 83-inch wingspan. This dude's a freak, okay? He's going to be able to play. He played He, he played good ball at, at Wake Forest. He's not super fast, but he's not. So I think it's like a 4'5". At 6'4", mm-hmm. he's going to be able to get open. He's going to be a weapon for us. Jordan Battle, he needs to, you know, he's a freaking hitter. Like smaller receivers don't want to go over the middle. He's that type of guy. He's the he's he's not super big. He's like six one, but the guy puts the hammer down. He's the you know he's got a little bit of Abram in him, but he's better a lot much better in coverage. Um, he's he's good in in uh, in man to man coverage, but he also can read the quarterback's eyes really well in, in zone. So I mean, we're getting good players. Is I would rather get good players everywhere than just throw a bunch of bodies out there and see what happens. What uh, it's hard to take vibe what Ziegler's tendencies are going to be from one draft that didn't have a first and second rounder, but from from the little evidence that we have, it looks like he is a what's the strength of the draft go there guy. Like instead of hey man, you know there's only so many good tackles. Let's let's go tackle real early. He's like, dude, there's a bunch of great safeties in this draft. Let's get a bunch of safeties and see which one pans out. Right? Like let's he's like playing to the strength. This one feels like purely best player available type draft, right? Like no matter what the position is, it's the Raiders. You need almost every position, at least depth, if not starters, mostly starters. That's what this is what Bur- uh, Boogler felt like it did to me. Just kind of like best guy available when your spot gets there outside of like, we really need a corner. We really need a linebacker to start, right? For the most of this, it feels like best guy available. I, I think Ziegler's a little bit more, I think we're going to get like three safeties because there's some pretty decent safety. I think we're going to get like multi, you know, three corners because there's a lot of good corners. I feel like that's who Ziegler is again with just one draft under his belt without a first and second rounder. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not big on the Chris Rodriguez pick. Okay, I, I I don't I just don't see it. He's a bigger back. He's like six foot two, twenty ish around there, but he's he's not fast. He's not going to break away from anybody. Uh, he's not very patient. He's not a very patient runner. Uh, he's not a really good blocker for his size. So it's like, where does he fit in? I I, I didn't see that pick. I mean, I, I can see the logic in these picks. Hayes, starter, played a lot of games, played a lot of good football, gets a lot of good players. Gaines, 
there's versatility, but he's also good. It's not just that he's versatile, but he's good. He can play center. He can play both guard spots. Um, you know, Blackman, I've seen every every freaking game that Blackman played. You got if you and Rory were telling me, oh, you only like Paul Mao because he's a USC guy. And I'm like, no, dude, the guy's good. And he ended up playing a lot of snaps at towards the end of the season last year. I can see him having a bigger role this season. But Makai Blackman is that type of guy. He's, he's a man-to-man guy. He's not that good in zone. Like if you play a lot of zone, Makai Blackman is is not for you. He's a man-to-man guy. He's not he's not super big, but he's he's fast, he's long, and he's quick. So this is the kind of if you get him at seven, that's a really good pick. The only one that I'm I can see the logic in these picks. I don't see the logic in getting Rodriguez in the sixth round. Well, we need that seventh running back available. on our roster. When you have like Garner out of LSU, might still be there. You have guys like uh, like Gervais. Uh, 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 I forgot his last name uh, from Houston. How about when you've got six running backs already on the roster? Look. I don't care about that because if he's better than some of those guys, you just fucking drop him and you move on. Yeah. But I don't see him being better than the guys we already have on the squad. I don't see that. I can see I can see every one of these guys producing maybe not O'Connell, um, but dude, O'Connell, even O'Connell, dude, he's probably one of the more accurate quarterbacks, probably the top three accurate quarterback in the draft. Doesn't have a talk huge- about Aiden O'Connell real quick. He's Absolutely. fucking great, bro. Look, he's so fucking sweet, dude. He looks like Farva. That's who he is. He's fucking Farva. It's Landville from Super Troopers. Farva no, from it's Beer the Fest. same. It's the same actor, but he looks like Farva. Look at he that has a mustache and the and the haircut oh, and the like. So fucking good, bro. And the like. Uh, I was in ROTC my entire life, but the army wouldn't take me a haircut. Dude, freaking click on that one where he's smiling, cheesing in the middle. That one, that is the freaking tits ass picture right there. <laughs> that is the sweetest picture of all time. The freaking mustache dips underneath the freaking the lip line. So sweet, dude. Give me dude, a large Farva. I don't want a large Farva. Farva. Give me a goddamn liter of cola. cola. Look, goddamn brewery. He's good, man. <laughs> he, he, he's a good. He's a good player. He had a better twenty-one than the twenty-two season. Super accurate arm. He's the, he's the kind of guy that Josh McDaniels can mold. He's not super mobile, right? But he he's got a, a quick release. Even though his release is long, it's quick, and he gets a lot he's of chug a beer in point seven seconds flat. Yep. <laughs> he's accurate. I don't even care if he can play ball. I just want to be able to do all my landfill jokes. God damn it! I'm I'm trying to show you that I've done homework on these guys. I know, and I'm ruining it for you. But I'm just I'm just too excited. No wait, no mustache. Get rid of that photo. Yeah, that's there he is. There's Roger so checking. <laughs> Look at this dude. Car Ramrod. Get it? Don't call me Ramrod. Don't call me Car Ramrod. See what he's working with. See, that's that's definitely the downside. No guy that looks like Landfill is going to be bringing A plus. Luckily, we got Jimmy G. We got Jimmy G taking care of the chick situation. Dude, Look imagine good. Jimmy G pulling for Aiden, bro. Nice little Irish boy. I love this guy. He is so freaking dope, dude. Dude, that face. Just love it, dude. dude. That freaking mustache is just, oh, it's so good. The molestache with the ROTC haircut. Got it. God, man. I don't even care so, if he can play ball. So freaking good. But he's good, man. Jokes. He's the kind of he's the kind of quarterback that he's never going to have the biggest arm, but he's you can't really teach accuracy all that much. You know, you, you, you can get him better technique-wise. His footwork can be better, so he's always on balance when he throws. 
mm-hmm. be able to help him, you know, get more zip on the ball. But his anticipation and, and his accuracy is really good. He's super smart. Uh, I mean, you have to be smart to go to Wake Forest, but it's he's he, he's not a bad pickup in the in the in the fourth round. I've seen him go a little bit later in drafts, but that's always that's just mocks. You never really know. But for the Purdue, sport, Purdue, not Wake Forest. I'm sorry, Purdue. Dumb. For for he looks like he's from Purdue. Like that's an Indiana looking to to Purdue too. You have to be smart to go to Purdue. He reminds me a lot of uh, another Purdue quarterback back in the day. Not super big arm, smart, good leader, really accurate. I forgot what his name was. Another, anyway, another fun like talking point on his face. Exactly. The molestache. It was something else. You got to take it off after a couple years. I'm like, bro, why'd you do that? Should have left it on there. Um, yeah. Um, but he's he's the kind of quarterback that Josh McDaniels wants to get his hands on. I want him, and I eventually want to cut him, just so when he's gone, we can say he was a fat asshole. But he was, he was my asshole. fat asshole. <laughs> One time, he farted an entire <laughs> plum. And I was plum surprised. surprised. <laughs> what movie is that from? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Uh, so good. Uh, Raiders, Raiders news. Good because we're doing it. Tom Pelissero tweeted out April seventeenth. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs and Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram haven't signed their franchise tenders and won't report for voluntary off off season programs per sources. Uh, so yeah, the off season programs began this week. Um, again, completely voluntary. Um, basically just conditioning and workouts. Just, hey, get in the building. This is what things look at. You know, the draft's still coming up, so no one's really all that focused. But um, Josh Jacobs hasn't signed the franchise tag. And no serious negotiations have really been underway. Um, again, he has talking July 17th off the top of my head, I think, as the date for when it has to be done or there's consequences, right? You can't do an extension after that, whatever it may be. Um, on a scale of one to 10, um, what is your freakout level on, are we going to get something done or something correctly done with Josh Jacobs? One being totally cool. You're totally happy. Number 10, uh, we're in DEFCON three. Zero. Okay. Totally fine. It's, it's a non-issue right now. Cause we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The, the front office is focused on the draft right now. Um, they put the franchise tag as a placeholder. Once they, they make their draft and once they sign their draft picks, they're going to have plenty of time, uh, like two months to work out what's going on with Jacobs. I think it's, I'm not freaking out whatsoever right now. The only, the only thing that makes me again, not freak out. I'm low like you on that one. I think the, well, there are two things I'm semi worried about. One is, are we going to do a good deal? Right. Um, if we're going to keep him for one year and 10 million and let him walk, that sucks. Paying him 10 million for one year and then he's gone. Like try to make it a two year 16. Like we talked about last week or, you know, or, you know, if we have, if we can get something good in a trade, you know, get, get the value out of him. Right. That's what you do in a great franchise is when's your guy at its highest value. Josh Jacobs, after leading the season in rushing, showing he can break the big one, better pass catcher. And Oh yeah. Didn't get hurt at all this season. When would you move on from him? Probably now, right? I don't want to, but I, I get it. There's that part. And two, he's been super diva on Instagram. Very like cryptically diva. So I don't know if, if that's just kind of a warning. Is he messing with us? Other than those two things, Soto, I'm with you. Like it's just, just standard operating procedure. As far as what he's doing on Instagram, that has nothing to do with what we what we can do. We have no control over that. 
if he's in our long-term plans, then it, none of this matters. Um, if he's not in our long-term plans, none of this matters anyway. None of this, mm -hmm. none of the, nothing that happened that's happening right now matters what's going on with Josh Jacobs. None of it. Because we still have a lot of time after the draft and after those players are signed to get him signed and or figure out what we want to do. No reason to freak out, but um, it is in the back of my mind. What are we going to do with the one really, really, really good first-round draft pick that we still have on the team? Uh, next one, according to Pro Football Network, in terms of which team could trade up, the Las Vegas Raiders are a potential destination. The Raiders presently have Hooker rated as QB3 on their board and don't believe their top two signal callers, CJ Straub, Bryce Young, in no order, have a chance to fall into the seventh pick. Hendon Hooker, number three on the Raiders draft board. Are you buying that? Yes. Over Levis, over Richard. Lucky Brooks said the exact same thing today. Mm -hmm. your, your boy, Fuckface Florio, was saying that shit earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, that he's talked to a lot of um, GMs and people in, in the decision-making rooms. And that Hooker is, you know, the thing is, is... The media, a lot of times, the, the NFL media, is they push the same things because they're stories. And they, they report on stories. They don't they don't have analysts saying their own stuff. They have a lot of guys reporting the same shit over and over again. So I just naturally say, okay, yeah, well, it's, it's you know, uh, Young, Stroud, Levis, uh, Richardson, and then Hooker. Well, you know, if people who actually talk to the, the decision makers, they feel differently. I don't know that the GMs and, 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 and the scouts think as highly of these quarterbacks as, uh, as the rest of us do, because they're doing, uh, they're doing something that's very dangerous. A lot of the people, a lot of the, the, like the reporters and stuff like that, they're comparing these quarterbacks to each other. And then they're saying, well, because quarterback is so important, they're going to move up and they're going to be joking. Can, can a quarterback go one, two, three, four? It's not going to happen. Not gonna happen this year, I I, I don't think, and 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 because you have to what you have to do is you have to rank these quarterbacks not only against themselves but against the guys that came in the year before and the guys are who slotted to come in a year after, and uh, I I just don't think that these quarterbacks are as high just because they're the quarterback position and you know you have some sort of sort of ranking you know what I'm saying. I see the analyst story crew and the, you know, the headline machine come from like one of two camps at this point, at this point in the off season, it comes from one of two camps, people who really care what the combine is and people who don't, right? People who love the combine, look at Anthony Richardson. It's like, holy shit. He's going to catapult up the draft board. You saw his numbers, his athleticism. Uh, Will Levis looks great in shorts. Great in shorts and a sleeveless shirt, right? Just no pressure, just rifling bombs. Looks great in the combine. Fantastic dude, in the combine. Dude eats a banana like a freaking Snickers bar with the wrapper on it, dude. Right? Little mayo in the coffee. Just whatever it takes to get your Man. calories. That and that's what I'm saying is like the storylines. You're gonna get you get way more storylines out of guys that look great and the combine around the combine. And the combine is a lot closer to the draft than the college football season. So I think that's where you see media momentum for players at this point in the season. Now, does that turn into actual draft or not? Again, it depends who's telling that story and who the GM is. 
I think I think and I think that's why we've seen Levis and um uh, Richardson catapult because they're there. I'm not saying they can't play football. I'm not it's not a prediction of whether they're gonna be good, bad, or draft high or draft low. They are amazing combine players. Like they they are the guys that look great in combine. Um Antonio Brown, our buddy in the news again. He was working off at a hotel again? No, sadly not. Must have been a slow day for him. Via the million dollars worth of game podcast. We should have named our podcast that. Why didn't he said, my agent is getting called cursed out by Tom Brady over why he is pushing back for the contract for scraps. Imagine if you heard that guy, the same guy that brought you in to win a ring, the same agent he told you to hook up with to get that deal is not telling me the guys calling him saying, yo, cursing him out about scraps of a contract. I give everyone their props from a team standpoint as far as the team. But you know, we all got our own agendas in the midst of the team. So when you're an older player, you getting deals like that, you feel like and I'm telling my agents telling me already before the season, this guy who he hooked me up with is calling him, cussing him out about the contract. So for all the faults of Tom Brady, you never hear current past or future teammates of Tom Brady bash him by all intents and purposes. He's the ultimate teammate. Like he, you love playing with and for Tom Brady. You really have to be a level of piece of shit. The level of Antonio Brown to be a teammate of Tom Brady, a guy who lets you live in his house and be like, yeah, I'm going to pop my head up every few months in the media. And I'm going to use one of those times to shit on Tom Brady. Whenever I hear some, someone tell me something like third hand, mm -hmm. I, I put very little into it. Did Tom Brady talk to AB a, and tell him all that stuff? No. Well, my agent told me that Tom Brady told, what, dude, come on. How old are we here? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, I just – it's just lame, dude. It just shows you that how desperate he is for attention. And it's not, it's not like Tom Brady's above reproach or anything like that. It's just sure. – that, that, it's like that whole second oh, – I'm all for Tom Brady bashing, right? Like people are just like but, worshiping the ground he walks on. Like, real, he's got his, he came he's, out of his mouth that you heard. He's got his faults. But by every piece of evidence we have, people love playing with him. And so I was just like exhibit 942 about kind of what makes Antonio Brown tick. This one right here. Um, a quick ranking of the schedules for 2023. We don't know um, when we don't have our actual schedule, but we know our home and away games and who they're going to be. And you're, we're used to this by now, Raider fans. The Raiders have the fourth toughest schedule. Again, this is based on the quality of teams from last season. No, not projections of who they signed or not. Just how did you do last season? Who are you playing this season? The five easiest schedules, uh, one Saints, two Falcons, three Panthers. No surprise there, that division. Of course, the Colts, Saints are going to have the easiest schedule. Five Bears, and then five hardest, Pats, hardest schedule. Bills, Chiefs, Raiders, Dolphins. Obviously, Raiders, Chiefs, AFC West, damn good on paper. AFC East, AFC West, man. AFC, AFC East, AFC West. Standard operating procedure for the Raiders, Soto. We always have like a bottom third toughest schedule in football every season. Every season. We, we always got to play uh, the Chiefs twice. We always got to play Denver and Denver. We got to play 
The Chargers twice. The AFC is a tougher division or a conference overall. Yeah, overall, overall. So like those, you know, those teams are in there. It's it's tough, man. It's gonna hey, be man. tough. Stuff sledding, man. It ain't getting easier. We ain't getting. We ain't getting no intangible favors next season, right? For Get sure. Hard ducks in a row. Ready to do some what up winbags? Sure. From Jaybird twenty six. With Jimmy G under contract, that gives us the ability to take an Anthony Richardson in the top 10 only because we have two years to polish his game into his high potential. I uh, I definitely understand the premise of what Jay Bird is saying is that we are well positioned to pick up a developmental quarterback. We got Jimmy G, right? We're not demanding him to start right away. Anthony Richardson in the top 10. That's not crazy of him going there. I don't think it should be us, though. I think it's it. I think it's crazy. If we change that to that gives us the ability to take a quarterback sometime in the first three rounds. Cool. I'm good with that. It gives us a chance to draft landfill and turn him into the beer drinking. He was actually in the fourth round, sir. He was a top a top 110 pick, though. He's 109. Fish, basically a third rounder. He's number one in my heart. Fish. In riffs. Sweet name. Uh, we're going to need a quarterback soon. Is it better to go after one this draft or next? If we wait until next year, what, in your opinion, would need to happen to get the right guy? Getting a, that fourth rounder, like the Purdue guy, um, I feel like that's right in the middle. We're not going after a guy, but we're not waiting till next season, you know? It's kind of a weird middle ground, which it doesn't really answer this question. It doesn't really, I don't know, as much as I, again, we're joking about him, you know, landfill, and maybe he can't pan out and be great, but I don't think there's anybody thinking that the Raiders quarterback of the future is on the roster if that's who we draft. The thing is, is the, the mindset of where Ziegler was taught is give yourself the opportunity to find out. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. We didn't draft quarterbacks for I don't know how long. I don't know how many years. It was fucking eight eight years, I think. It was a mm -hmm. long time since we drafted a quarterback. So you don't know if you don't take guys and, 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 and see what they develop into. That's why I have no problem taking O'Connell at, at 109 mm -hmm. because he has traits that – translate well into not only the NFL in, in 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 general but to Josh McDaniel's scheme specifically he's smart he he's he, he uh, uh he's accurate and he get the ball out fast so there's it makes sense but the thing is is you don't necessarily have to get those guys up really high to beat out the guy that's in front of them Roland Orantes Devin White, we don't want. He can't cover for crap. Yes, he can run side to side, but we need a guy who can cover. We have guys who can go side to side. So we, that's basically what we said last week when Devin White first, you know, announced that he was available for trade and maybe you know the Raiders need him. Obviously, we all help on defense. Certainly, linebacker, and we kind of poo pooed it. Like, yeah, it's going to basically be the last year of his rookie deal. Then we're going to have to pay him a ton. He's not that great in coverage. And that's kind of what we agreed on. But then I kind of like stopped myself and I was like, our defense is so bad. Should we be just poo-pooing 
a quality player like Devin White, is that really what we should be doing? I'm not, I mean, we're kind of desperate a little bit, right? Like if Devin White wanted to go to the Raiders for God knows why. Are we stupid for saying no to a player that good on a defense this bad? No, not at all. Because he's not he's not good at everything. He's really good at one thing, but that's about it. And it, especially with the teams that you play. But that's my need, point. There's only one guy on, on our defense that's good at everything. And everyone else is mostly bad at most things. He'd be the second best player on the defense immediately. Okay, but the thing that you need... He doesn't do well at all. He doesn't cover well at all. Mm-hmm. He's probably he's still going to be probably one of your worst coverage linebackers, even with the crew that we have right now. So to pay him that m- much money, he's not going to move the needle that much on your defense. You're going to go from what the one of the bottom three defenses in the league to one of the bottom eight, seven. Like how much is he really going to make? How much better is he going to make you to take up that much of the cap? Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't see it. It's it's in our like. Look, it's it's, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I still, I think we still, I still kind of stand by what we said last week. But yeah. I think the mentality of let's stop being a little so picky. You know, like he would immediately. He would, he would. Can we agree? He'd be the second best player in our defense, right? Again, some errors, some cap issue. He'd be the second best player in our defense. Some sometimes we're gonna have to be like, okay, he's not perfect. We got to start improving. I'm not saying get him. I'm saying, as a general mentality, as our fake GMs with our fake GM hats on, mm-hmm. maybe it's like, all right, he's got some errors, but he definitely makes our defense better. I think that's more of a more of a, an attitude to have if he was an offensive player. If you already have a pretty good offense, a player like that who's good, really good at doing one thing. He can put you over the top to make you a damn good or a great offense, right? But when you have a bad defense that has so many holes, he's not going to be able to cover up that many holes because he's not a like a five tool type of player. Yeah, and and to give him, he 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 wants a freaking Roquan Smith deal, bro. That's eighteen million dollars, nineteen million dollars a year. We can't afford to give him that much in a position in the NFL at middle linebacker that's not super valued. Um, it's just it's just not smart. He wants that. No one's going to give him that. Two, uh, he, he now has a chance to play on a bad defense and prove that he's not a just a good player on a, on a really good defense, right? Like, he has a chance. Like, okay, because his value could completely plummet if all these warts are shown. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Then why if, we had to pay him, anyway? if we had to pay him this second, it'd be a little, little bit of a different story. But, you know, still on the rookie deal. If his if his plays great and he can do better, again I'm, I'm not I'm not sold. We you know start moving some you know moving some of our picks we need so bad to go get him. Stay the fourth man. Let's stop. Let's have your defense this bad to be a little less picky. Well, I mean I, I I don't think it's being picky. I think it's it's if if you're gonna get a guy, get a guy that's gonna help you where you're you're worst at, which is in cut pass coverage. He's not gonna help you with that. He'd be the second best player on the defense. Again, he's not helping you. The defense overall needs help. You need the defense to, overall does need help. Exactly, but Anyone? where are where is where, the the part that you got burnt the most is covering tight ends, uh, covering running backs out of the backfield, 
covering the over the middle where we got gashed. He's not going to help you there. So you're paying for a guy that, yeah, he, he does things really well at a high level, but he's not helping you where you're at your worst. So why spend all that money on him? It all comes down to, look, do these draft picks pan out, right? If they're not, it's a huge draft, man. It's a huge yeah, draft because it all comes down to it has to start turning around sometime. You have to turn it around sometime. And that's why you have to stay disciplined. You have We've to been have saying that 20 years. It's been 20 years since the Raiders had a good defense. Not even an average defense. It's been 20 years since they've been above average. It's been 20 years since they've been not shit. Look, and the, the thing that we're looking at here is more the bulk of that time. Bill Romanowski the, was on our defense the last time. It was not shit. The, the bulk of that time was Al Davis making the decisions, and he was doing what Gruden did, mm. which is let me just slap. I don't like rookies. Let me yeah. just slap a bunch of guys together. Overdraft and, and reach. And overdraft and reach and just slap a bunch of guys together, uh, get a bunch of veteran guys that don't like to play young players. That's what he was doing. McKenzie went in there, had to you know take care of the, 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 um, the dead cap and shit like that, whatever it was called back then. And then you know he st- started to build a team, and he missed on a couple of draft picks, and then Gruden got rid of him and then started doing what Al Davis was doing, reaching – and focusing more on veteran players and, and not really wanting rookies. And so now that's where we are now. So I understand what you're saying, but I mean, context is key. You have to take a look at the guy that's drafting now is not the guys who are drafting the last 20 years. Something's going to change. We'll see if Ziegler's the guy that can do it. Hopefully. Um, next week, draft day. Um, you can do live Thursday night, right? After the first round. I think so, and here's why. But wait, my sister, my sister is going in to the hospital on Tuesday. Maybe she'll have a baby on Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe Wednesday. I don't know how long it's going to take for her to because she's going to get. She's getting. I don't know how it works. Whenever the baby crawls out of her butt, right? Yeah, that the stork comes and puts the baby in your brain, and then your butt falls off, and then you have to dig in the butt and find. There it is. The band. Yeah. What movie is that from? Uh, and I, so I don't know when she's going to give, when she's going to deliver. So uh, it could be, I, I, I could be busy Tuesday. I could be busy Wednesday. Hopefully not Thursday. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll, um, you know, it's nice to know our first round. It's definitely. If something crazy happens, Raiders draft up, draft down, get a couple first rounders. We'll definitely go live. We'll definitely go live Saturday. Yeah. When the Saturday draft, is a good day to go live and talk about a lot of the stuff. But honestly, like I don't mind going live for the entire draft. Uh, it's going to be super long, but I mean, I don't mind talking draft. I don't. Mind, I mean, I, I kind of like it. Uh, but follow us know. on social media for that stuff. Um, like the play by play, pick by pick, um, at the windbags on Twitter, at Autumn Windbags on Instagram, and then there's both our handles at Mister Wonderful Forty Two on there at RJ Clifford MMA but until then now going whatever you're with me